Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer by the Value Guys. Yes, I'm welcome. Yeah, welcome. I already said that. Uh, I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans of well-known firms. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen our quotes in the news. But our bosses would never allow us to give our unvarnished and also free uh, views. So, uh, Don't forget the free part. <laughs> right, exactly. So we've electronically altered our voices and taken on secret identities so they'll never know. Each week we take a look at Value Line's uh, weekly stock picks and we, of course, drink. Uh, that goes without saying. And we talk stocks, and this show lets you get in on it. We've been doing this for 25 years. Please visit our website at www.thevalueguys.com to see our many disclosures, including that this shows for entertainment purposes only. It's the same advice we give our institutional clients during the week. Of course, we're drinking here, so it's very different in that regard, well, at least a, for some of there's us. There's a very good chance right. that in contrast to what we might be talking about in the office, we may know absolutely nothing about we what we're talking nothing. about We may know nothing. We're using exclusively the weekly value line sheets. If it's not on this value line, we may not know <laughs> about not it. responsible for The company could have right. blown up earlier today, and we may not be aware of that. Also, uh, we may own some of these stocks, so just assume in advance that we're biased and trying to get you to buy them and bid them up so we get rich, okay? And we're also not affiliated with Value Line <laughs> in any you way. you actually can move a stock price yourself, <laughs> yeah. we, you know, send us an email We'd to love that effect, that. and we'll, uh, we'll tailor some private services Anyway, uh, this week we're looking at the February 23rd edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. Uh, this week, Vern's up first. Uh, Val, which is uh, my secret name, uh, will be on in the back half of the show. I'm, I'm going to be talking first. about H&R Block, Brown and Brown, which you may not have heard of. You may have heard I mean, it's a color. I'm sure you've heard of it, but not as a company. Wright Express, and then Fair Isaac. But uh, first, with very little fanfare, I'd like to introduce Vern Value. Vern, take it away. Thank you very much. Uh, bank industry this week? Nah. Yeah. You know, Value Line doesn't like many of these. They don't like many of the financial services companies either when you get right down to it. Lots well, of stars on computer software and services. Low interest rates, a flat yield curve. It's hard for banks it's to make money. yield curve. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so if you want to bet on the next direct, you know, the next change in the yield curve, go ahead. Well, there are some geographic bets you can make there, but oh, we're not okay. making fine, them this week. Fine, 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 fine. Those are really M&A bets. Um, First Data Corp is going to be the first stock I talk about this week. First Data Corp. FDC is the symbol. Value Line doesn't rate it. They they suspended their rating in September of this past year. Okay. So I love it already. Why is that? Uh, they uh, spun off Western Union. Um, oh. They spun off Western Union. Okay. So I never knew that something called First Data owned Western Union, but they don't own it anymore, so I didn't miss anything. No. But the stock, which used to trade, I guess, like in the 40s, uh, is 25 recently uh, at a 22 multiple, about a 14% premium to the market. Um, very weird and interesting history here, but return on capital is single digit now, like 7%, and I didn't understand that because – Operating margins are apparently uh, sustainable at 28, 29% according to Value Line. This company uh, provides information and transaction processing and related services. Okay, so that's the big umbrella, but it's credit and debit card authorization. Um, it, merchant services is 
of revenue. Card services, 24. They um, they handle gift card businesses as well, right? You, you know, like the you stock? The, the show seems to be slowing down. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get going here. Well, I'm having trouble. Do you like trouble. the stock? What's well, going Well, I think on? I do, but I don't know it real Why well. Why are we talking about it at well, all? Well, we're talking about it because I think it's way overcapitalized. Okay. And if it's got this kind of operating margin, I've got my problem is the capital base here doubled, uh, more than doubled in 2004 when they bought something called Concord EFS. And... You know, they came up with what about 85 million new shares. So some kind of a stock deal in 2004 transforms the balance sheet. They subsequently spin out Western Union, and so I've got this real high margin business trading at about uh, 15, 16 times free cash flow numbers, uh, less than 10 times the gross cash flow number that Value Line's showing for three to five years from now. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Um, 31% debt to cap. There's over $3 billion of cash on the balance sheet. So How much is that per share? On a per share basis, hey, that'd be a good number to know, yeah, wouldn't it? Would. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, about $4. So my $25 stock just became 21 bucks, And my 22 multiple just became something like 18 uh, and I think their numbers are too low here because um, according to their quarterly breakdown on earnings, since they spun out Western Union, uh, they've reported two quarters and averaged uh, between the low 30 cent range for earnings in both quarters. And then followed, uh, Value Line's now estimating for the next couple quarters, March and June, I guess, seasonal weakness that would have them earn only 25 cents on average per quarter. Doesn't instead sound of 30. very very good to me right now. What but does now it? the story. Um, but I, I'm looking at an ability to, to sustain this back end of the year number, huh. which would imply annualized earnings of a buck and a half. I don't understand why I'd be so much lower here, but I've got growth. Value Line's looking for the, to be up year to year in both of those quarters. So if I'm up over the 22 and 28 that they're showing for the next couple of quarters, I might annualize into a dollar forty. I don't know, but a lot more than their dollar twenty of earnings in two thousand seven estimate. And I think they're two seventy. I'm seeing. I'm sorry, they're dollar seventy for three to five years from now. It just doesn't make any sense unless the business is simply not going to grow. But they show revenue going from eight and a half billion to eleven billion. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of moving parts here. I'm not uh, sure. There are, and I think because of that, you have the opportunity to buy something that generates. Well, it's cash-rich and generates a lot of cash and perhaps huge returns massed by the balance sheet and enough cash that they could actually recapitalize here, and you'd be walking away with one hell of a dividend. Um, so I'm not – got to take a look at this. FDC. Anyway. Um, well, do you like it? Should we buy it? Absolutely, you should buy it. Buy it. it. What's oh, it yeah, what do you think it's worth? I'm not sure, but mm. I think it's probably worth at least the 25 if they didn't have the cash. So, I mean, 21, you know, I've got 20% upside maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or the possibility of a recapitalization because of a dead stock. that Which means they put a bunch of debt on and write you a big dividend. Yeah, right. And well, that's certainly that. what a private equity firm would do if they got their hands if on this. If they could buy it, you might get taken out that way. Capri owns 7% of it. They're no dummies. Um, 
Microsoft next, MFS, MSFT. We, uh, I think we've probably been recommending Microsoft. You know, our RSS now, if you pull it into uh, Explorer 7.0, basically all of our shows now are indexed to the ticker, and it's, uh, it's kind of cool even for ourselves to go back. We've, we've actually talked about hundreds of stocks now, including Microsoft, a couple of times. It's at $29. Hasn't been able to break 30 for four years. Uh, at 20 times earnings now, though, because earnings have continued to grow rapidly. Um, in fact, I mean, there's, you know, they haven't had a down year <coughs> ever. Well, they're page. a monopoly in effect. The monopoly is under siege a little bit. In the last couple of days, you've had Google introduce a competing spreadsheet w a word uh, offering that I think General Motors has said they're trying out. Um, but they've assured everyone it's not really something that's geared toward taking out uh, you know, Microsoft Office. And then I think today it was announced they lost a suit uh, by the old Bell Labs, which is now part of Alcatel, a French company, which I don't think a French company, frankly, should own Bell Labs, and I'm going to take that up with somebody. But uh, in any case, they uh, have won a suit uh, owning rights to part of the MP3 technology, which, frankly, Vern, we're using right now to do this show. And they were awarded, uh, uh, Microsoft lost, I think it was about a $2 billion punitive damage award. So um, it's, uh, they've had some bad news. And uh, that's got to well be in the stock. That's, that's unfortunate. In the stock. That'll take. Um, a one day to earn, earn back. <laughs> right. that'll, that'll take about 7% of their current they have cash 50 billion in cash to pay. They have $29 yeah. billion. They have three dollars in in excess cash on the balance that's why sheet. Pe that's why people in are suing them. Of paying to get a giant in dividend. fact, I'd like to announce today that the Return value guys are suing Microsoft for These one guys billion dollars. And their return on capital now is in the thirties. No, I know they have no debt. And they've got a monopoly. Operating margins are forty percent now. I, you know, and the Vista launch is out. They've got a they lot of uh, lower, expenses a lot in of advance of that. To be behind them, mm -hmm. and probably some incremental growth ahead. And this stock has been a lousy stock on a relative basis, really since peaking out end of '99, early part of 2000. Okay, until it basically bottomed out in the middle of 2006, and it's on a relative move now. And I want to stick with it. We've been recommending it. It's not a yeah. new recommendation. It's not a home run. It's just a utility <laughs> you that's gotta own, uh, got you a have decent to own return. Microsoft. I think so. Um, I, I feel that sort of the same way, only more timely basis about Oracle, ORCL. Value line rates this a one as of last July. The stock ran after that. It was a good call on their part. Um, almost touched 20. It's back to 1660, according to Value Line. Gives it a market cap of $86 billion. This is database and middleware software. Um, foreign sales, half of the business. Um, they spend 13% on R&D. Return on capital around 30% now in the mid-20s. Uh, operating margins used to be in the mid-20s. They're now above 40% and rising, as is revenue. Um, this thing's, you know, they're wor it's working again. And relative, relative to market, it's really gone sideways for two or three years. Stocks started to finally pull out. And according to Value Line, they're rolling out a slew of new upgraded products, uh, including one that's supposed to be very important in 08 because it's going to give users a, a compelling migration path, it says. You need one of those. For sure. uh, well, I think if you're going to, you know, for long-term <coughs> growth and uh, 
software business, you have to have one. Well, so Microsoft is actually, I think, you know, I'm not a software expert, but has been, you know, more and more coming into the, you know, mainframe arena, competing with Oracle with some databases. And um, I think if you see a hit to their returns in here at some point, that might yeah. have been Microsoft coming in. in but that's, that's mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think they're, they're battling back there. So that's it. That I think they're you? all very solid, uh, except the first data, I, this looks like it could be an event stock. The spin-out just happened in late 2006. So, uh, I, I, this, I, yeah, you got it. FTC, take a look at it. All right. Anyway, it's over so, to you, Val. Hey, okay, let's break, have a beverage, beverage break. break and clink. And uh, please join us stuff? for the uh, drinking part of our show. Actually, that's my favorite part. And of course, we do we do a fair amount before the show starts, just to warm up. Just okay, to get loose. This is uh, Val I Hughes. I feel a little <coughs> loose today. I feel okay. You know, do it's you? a good time of day to do the show. It is. Um, and uh, during normal At business the end of hours, a work day. right? Um, and uh, you know, the markets have been pretty good. We value's been on a roll, and so uh, things have been, uh, you know, a little more comfortable in the office. You know, you know. I'm sure you know what I'm talking oh, about. I know exactly. Good markets. Saying. Um, makes everybody happy. Now, uh, let me get right to it then. Enough chit-chat. I mean, who cares, frankly, what Val and Vern are doing? Let's get to the stocks we want to talk about. This week, I've got four. I think they're all good ones. Um, I own uh, two of them. Two of them I'm looking at to own. First one is H&R Block, HRB, I've talked about here, uh, here before. About a year ago, H&R Block was in a horrible fix. They had... Uh, I've uh, been viewed by the government of, you know, uh, overly charging for advances on tax returns. Um, they did a, a big ad campaign touting their competence only to be found guilty of, um, of putting forth uh, fraudulent uh, or at least uh, erroneously uh, done tax returns. And, you know, they have these guys, uh, Liberty, I think, taxes and uh, – one other guy whose name escapes me right now uh, coming after them. And so, you know, it looked like they were losing market share. The stock, if you look at the chart here, peaked out around $30 a share, you know, in uh, 05, and now is, you know, down around 23. It bottomed out around 19, and it's kind of been in this range for a, a year or so. The other rub on this was a mortgage business. <coughs> People were concerned when the housing thing rolled over that they'd take a hit with a bit of a subprime um, mortgage portfolio. Well, that's all happened. The stock reacted appropriately. It's been on a relative negative for about five or six years. But what I'm attracted to here is it's 10 times cash flow. It's earning, uh, you know, upper teens returns on capital. With a little debt, they're in the low 20s return on equity. To me, that's a quality situation. It's supported by brand, consumer awareness, and they really do one thing and they do it well. They fill out tax returns. They know how to do it. There's no, you know, can they do it, what have you. It's simple. They have, they train armies of people and they get, uh, you know, uh, storefronts that are near places where people go. So they supplement the visual ads with the storefronts with some uh, television ads. This is, of course, the one quarter a year they make any money. They lose money two quarters a year, break even basically two quarters, and, uh, you know, make all their money in the They're April quarters. quarters. That's right. So, <coughs> you know, there's not much to say. I think they've got some things going now. They're obviously anniversarying a bad time. Uh, returns here are strong. Their year-over-year -year earnings growth 
is going to be, you know, decent, and uh, their cash-on-cash cash yield is 10%, plus you get, you know, somewhere between 5 and 8% growth. So this might be an 18 20% return stock. Uh, it's trading at about a 6% uh, discount to the uh, average P.E., and, uh, you know, a, a cash flow yield uh, that I like. Uh, Value Line doesn't like it. That's not a problem to me. They are about to sell their mortgage business, which has been a negative, viewed as a negative by the street. So I think once they sell that, you'll see a reason for a lot of streets, uh, street guys to upgrade the stock. But it's a long-term hold theme on this one. Death and taxes, okay? Can't escape it. H&R Block has a share. Okay, that brings me to uh, page 2142, Brown and Brown, ticker BRO. Uh, what do these guys do? They are an insurance brokerage firm that markets property casualty products and services to commercial, professional, and individual customers. Um, so they're in the insurance business. They provide professional services to companies. They've got a long history of great returns, uh, returns on capital in the you know, upper teens. Uh, years ago, they were in the 20s, so the company has uh, faced a little more competition. They've got very little leverage, 19% debt to cap, so they're showing a return on equity at 18%, 19%, but they could easily push low 20s with a little bit of uh, debt. They got $3 a share in cash, so if I take that off the $28 price, I got $25. Uh, free cash flow, well, cash flow of a buck 80, so that's 15 times cash flow, which I'm not thrilled about, but look, CapEx, 12 cents. So free cash flow, very nice uh, yield of about 7%. And then according to Value Line itself, I've got 13.5% earnings growth. That's 7% yield and 13% growth. I got a 19%, 20% return. They're earning upper 30% on operating margin. That tells me they're doing something proprietary. And uh, they've got these strong returns on capital. Uh, we're in a period where I believe because of Katrina and some other disaster, you know, in uh, New Orleans and Florida, et cetera, that we have seen uh, improving prices in the insurance business, uh, notwithstanding that Trent Lott is trying to force insurance companies to give money away down in uh, Mississippi. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are pulling out of there. Um, meanwhile, um, the fees you earn for providing insurance to people and finding them coverage, I think, appear to be pretty stable over time. So. Um, there's not much to know here, except this is a very well-run company in the insurance business, and the theme here might simply be that wealth uh, of nations breeds the need for insurance. So, you know, the kind of need for insurance is GDP growth around the world, plus maybe a little bit as more and more stuff gets insured, and I think that's a reason to own uh, Brown and Brown. Value Line has it rated three, uh, but uh, I like it right now. BRO is the ticker, page 2142. Uh, that brings me to uh, Wright Express, ticker WXS, and uh, this is on page 2173. What do you think of that, Vern? What? Yeah, Vern's reading the paper over here. Okay, I'm just on my own, whatever. Uh, Wright Express is uh, not rated by Value Line because it's a, a fairly recent IPO. How uh, recent? Looks like there's a couple years of price data there. That's right. That's right. What does C mean? How long do Unranked they need? due to short trading history. I don't know. I know the street rated this immediately. You got about a three, what is it, a four-week quiet period or something yeah. like that now? Yeah. Anyway, what, what do these guys do? Why am I even wasting your time talking about this? Okay. It's a financial service company. Uh, it used to be part of Sendent, Safeguard Services, 
was part of household finance briefly at one time. Why are they standing on their own right now? And that's the whole point. I think Wright Express is a, an acquisition waiting to happen. It's just sitting out there right now waiting. Uh, they are a provider of payment processing and information management services to the commercial and government fleet vehicle industry. I talked to the uh, CFO here just a few weeks ago, actually. This is one I don't own, but I'm looking at it carefully. And the reason is, is that they have 60% operating margins. That speaks to me. Uh, they have 25% uh, returns on capital. Uh, and, you know, 30% returns on equity. To me, that means something proprietary and sustainable is going on. And what it is is they get a little piece of fuel prices, fuel costs on, uh, you know, commercial fleets because they're the ones managing that expense. Fuel and auto costs, repair, maintenance are all so high for, for companies that they have a whole department managing those costs. Just like in the HMO for healthcare, you have a you know, an FMO, fleet management organization, to keep your gas costs low, oil, repair, body work, et cetera. And Wright Express manages all that through the management of a little credit card that you give to all your people who drive. And with increasing technology, you can, you know, uh, you can ba basically direct uh, your, your people to what type of gas they can buy, what type of products can they buy, they can't buy, you know, beer, they can buy uh, wrenches, you know, you can direct it down to the SKU, and it's all manageable by a website. So if you're the uh, fleet manager and Wright Express is your vendor, he's going to give you access to a website that lets you, in effect, manage all your people online, what they can buy, what they can't buy. This but also that takes all the fun out of a job where you're either given a vehicle or a company credit card. That's right. That's right. Welcome to how oh, jobs are. Like They're not I fun. I don't like them at okay. all. Okay. Well, you're still sitting in a leather seat, and you still can sleep in the back of your right truck. Express. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Now they're trading. Why am I interested? Their trade, their their cash flow here is twenty one bucks free. No, twenty one bucks gross. Tw I'm sorry, two fifteen. What am I talking? Two dollars and fifteen cents. Their capex against that's only thirty five cents. That's a buck eighty. Price twenty eight. Uh, and so that's uh, what. Thirteen like times? times, right? So that's about six percent, six percent. Plus, I think you're going to get growth here in the eight to ten percent uh, range. Why? Because they're gaining share right now at a pretty rapid clip as they sign up more and more fleets. But really, what this company should be is part of a big credit card organization being used as a way to introduce yourself to new accounts. If you can win the GM fleet account, then guess what? Maybe you're going to get their hotel business and all the other stuff they do as well, airline, etc. And Wright Express has some very unique services available on this whole vehicle area, and it's big enough that I think it's going to attract someone. And in the meantime, um, you know, the stock is at a 28% discount on a pure PE basis, trading at 14 times earnings. Uh, there's uh, a fair amount of debt here. The other trick with this one is because they are buying and buying fuel, which moves around in price, uh, and they've got hedges against that, so the real economic value of the company doesn't move around. They basically are extracting a fee for service based on transactions, but they have to realize uh, earnings, whether they're realized or unrealized gains. So even during a hedge, 
uh, let's say the hedge lasts two years, when you know it's working against you, you got to show that as losses. When it's working for you, you got to show that as gains. Even though you know it's going to zero out over two years, you got to show the ups and downs along the way. So you're going to see a very bumpy earning stream here, and that's another reason that it should be wrapped up in some big financial organization, so that really you don't you know have the multiple discount associated with being a public company and volatile earnings. So ultimately. WXS, Right Express, it's a takeout, 12 to 18 months. I'm just going to make a prediction here. This thing's going to go out, you know, over $40 a share. It's going to be some big financial organization. In the last 20 years, this thing's been public for about two years, and that's now, and it's not going to stay that way, in my opinion. Okay, finally. Uh, I guess you'll like it. Well, I just think it's, it's like a fish out of water right now. It has no business being a public company because the public isn't going to understand the volatility of earnings, which is all driven by arcane accounting rules, even though management's doing a very good job of uh, protecting the underlying economic value of the firm, which a bank can all understand. They're already doing risk management. So that's, that's why I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't know of anything happening. It's just, it just uh, seems obvious that it needs to be owned by somebody. Okay, uh, finally, I'm going to wrap it up with something called Fair Isaac. FIC, page 2197. Uh, this is in the software uh, category this week. Uh, what does Fair Isaac do? Fair Isaac provides decision-making solutions to clients in the financial services, telecom, and retail industries. And uh, some of their most important products uh, are involved in credit scoring. And when you get credit scoring right versus wrong, you help the company make money versus lose money on decisions about who should get a loan and who shouldn't. And so uh, they've had some good success with that. Um, growth rates here have been, uh, you know, compounding on earnings at nearly 20% for 10 years. Uh, value lines predicting that's going to be a little bit lower going forward. But, you know, information uh, is power these days. Certainly it helps drive costs down, help drive profits higher. And this particular credit scoring software, particularly as we get toward the end of a cycle and perhaps a rece recession is looming out there somewhere, it's going to be more and more important. This thing is trading right now at 10 times cash flow. Uh, they're going to do 395 a share gross this year. There's very little capex against that, 52 uh, cents a share, so that gives me nearly 350 in free cash flow. This is 11 times free cash flow. That's 9%, and then I'm getting 11% earnings growth. So on a simple Bill Miller type of approach, that's 20% returns. They're earning uh, nearly 30% operating margins, um, mid-teens returns on capital, and with some leverage here, um, they... Uh, I'm sorry, that's not a 10, that's an 18. I drew a line through it. They have no debt, I'm sorry. 18% return on capital, 18% return on equity, and uh, they've got four bucks a share in cash. Wait a minute, this, why does this say none? I'm sorry, they do have, they have 400 million in debt, and that's uh, reflective of, uh, okay, it's about 30% a debt to cash, but they're well covered. And, uh, you know, I think it's cheap enough to probably do well over the next couple of years. I don't know that there's any catalyst near term except that these credit scoring models are becoming more and more important. I had a couple conference calls this week, not with Fair Isaac, but with some management teams of similar products, and they're, they're all enjoying a good period in here. Uh, so, you know, not a lot to say about that one. They are international. 
they are uh, introducing credit scoring products into Why you know is the areas name of the company that Fair Isaac. Because I think um, I'm going to guess a little bit here. I think that there is a uh, a mathematician and uh, a math puzzle out there, uh, and I believe the gentleman's name was Isaac, and it was about uh, I believe game theory. Huh. And this is uh, relating to you that. You don't say. I believe this company was uh, founded by, you know, math, math people. Oh, yeah, gotta love them. So, uh, what else can I tell you about this? Estimates are going up. Expense uh, ratios are going down. They're I expanding internationally. That's the part of the world that's growing faster than we are, although we're growing pretty damn fast. Earnings growth over the next couple quarters is going to be. Uh, up, all the comparisons look pretty good. So, uh, not a lot to say. Fair Isaac, FIC, 10 times cash flow. I like it for the long term. And uh, that's all I have this week. This has been Val Hughes. And that's our show for this week. That's I guess. our show this week. Uh, what uh, my favorite one this week, I think, is uh, Brown and Brown. And maybe, uh, what's the other one I talked about? Yeah. I've got two double-digit growing uh, technology utilities um, that can be had for market multiples or less, I, I, which I really, you know, hard to get, especially at Oracle where, where profitability is rising. Uh, and first data, which clearly market doesn't understand and is way undervalued. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a recap or a takeout opportunity here with uh, numbers that Value Line is using that look too low, so. You know, my favorite was Wright Express. I almost forgot. Wright Express. W X. Yeah, the one that nobody gets. Okay. Right. right. Okay. Okay. So thanks, everybody. <laughs>